0: Welcome back to another episode of the Project Warman podcast where I, Connor Warman, have conversations with people from all walks of life about life and adventure. I'm interested in the projects other people are working towards and what pushes them to do what they do on a daily basis. What drives them? Why do they do what they do in the first place? What keeps them going? What are their big dreams and ambitions? I like to dig in and hear it all. I think that it's important to always do what sets your world on fire. And on this podcast, I dig in and talk to people about just that. Today, I bring Vince Ruse onto the show. I had the pleasure of meeting Vince last August when we went through our first Diesel Day event together out here in Colorado. And then I had the pleasure this August of supporting him as he went through his second Diesel Day event, which is pretty cool. And Vince and I, was cool to reconnect, and it was cool. I think we grew closer as friends the second time around. And a little bit about Vince, he was a paratrooper in the military for 12 years. He continued his education after he got out by getting a Bachelor of Science in Psychology from Wilmington University, a Master of Arts and Counseling from Kane University, and he is currently enrolled at Stockton University, pursuing a doctorate in organizational leadership. He's recognized as a Bush Scholar, having completed the 2019 Standard Veteran Leadership Program at the George W. Bush Center in Dallas, Texas, and he is currently a practicing therapist, and owner of H Hour LLC, which helps clients to generate self-discovery by creating experiences that challenge beliefs and optimize human behavior. Vince loves spending time with his wife, Mary, and their daughter, Ava Lorraine. His hobbies and interests are traveling, skydiving, hiking, coaching CrossFit, ultra endurance races, and good coffee. You know, you put his background as a therapist and just a guy that enjoys self-discovery and learning about himself in a conversation with me, who's curious, wide-eyed young whatever you want to say i think it came out pretty well i think we had a really cool conversation between the two of us i'm excited for you guys to listen and i'm gonna stop talking and we're gonna get on with the show hope you guys enjoy
1: vince how's it going man connor it is going better than good man i'm uh I'm all healed up from Diesel Day back in August, uh, and it's cool is because I feel like this is the first time you and I are getting to have like some legit one-on-one, yeah. so, and you're recording it, which yeah, makes yeah. it super fun.
0: <laughs> Dude, that was August? Yeah. does not feel like yeah. that long ago. It feels like no. a few weeks tops. No, not at all. Yeah, so what was that like afterwards? We'll get into it later, but like, what was it like afterwards? How'd you feel?
1: Yeah. Um not as wrecked from diesel day two as i was from diesel day one um i have some rationales and reasons for that kind of following like a chronological timeline um but super fulfilled uh because i spent the time with my wife yet she was kind of in her process doing diesel day one i was in my process doing diesel day two and uh super close with her uh before that and even more so after that like um Man, full disclosure, let's start the podcast off right, dude. Like super intense, like love making. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like Tosh, Tosh is a matchmaker and a lovemaker, brother. Like, who knew coming off the mountain? Like he knew it would make our, <laughs> our sex life better, dude. Right. And so he doesn't even know that, right? Yeah. But like that's how intense, that's how intense that experience was for us, man. Hmm. In all the right ways. All the right dude, ways. This is the
0: so. best start to any podcast I've ever done. but no that's cool and i really want to get into that once we get into diesel day because i thought it was cool that you guys were there together
1: yeah because
0: that's a cool because like you make friends there you get closer with people there and it's cool that you were there with your wife because it's just like that's a really cool experience to share with somebody else especially someone you're already close to
1: yeah, absolutely. It just intensifies things, man. And, and you, you start to look at that other person in a different light. And the cool part to your point, right. Is that you meet strangers essentially, right. Tosh is kind of the connection, crooked butterfly or CrossFit or whatever. Um, dude, I hold everybody that I've had this experience with in, in pretty high esteem just from that experience alone. Right. Like, you know, cause you see a side of people that you're never going to see around the water cooler at work or yeah. uh, may, maybe in a CrossFit gym, a little bit depending on the gym and who you're around. Um, it's a very unique and, and special, mm-hmm. special experience. But
0: only for split-second moments in a CrossFit gym because you only get to those kind of places for split-second moments because it's not long enough. No. You know? No. So you'll see bits and pieces, but you won't be there for hours and hours like you would be there with people like yeah. that, which is cool. Yeah,
1: because – CrossFit is violent in the sense that it's typically fast and furious for the most part, yeah. right? Whether whether it's an hour long workout or three minutes, right? Yeah. They're they're pretty they're mm-hmm. pretty aggressive. And to your point, over time, and I think that's the brilliance uh, of these delays. Over time, you get to see people at their best. Um, and if they're doing it right, you're definitely going to see them at their worst. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes creates that intimate environment. It allows for um, all the magic to happen, the range of emotions and feelings, you know. And and that's that is. That is the beauty that unfolds up on that uh, that blank canvas that is a mountain.
0: Yeah, you get to yeah. see them at their worst and then see them come out of it, which is the coolest part.
1: Yeah, and then Tosh Bob Ross is the fuck out of everybody. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awesome. beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right, then, so we'll get back we'll get back to Diesel Day. Let's talk a little bit about you. Tell me a little bit about yourself growing up, some sports you played, kind of that story there.
1: Yeah, so uh, I grew up playing all the sports, and then uh, by the time I got high school, kind of uh, transition to kind of focus more on ice hockey and baseball um baseball was kind of like my favorite or passion but if your fastballs in the low 80s you're not particularly fast <laughs> yeah. you can't hit home runs um and your glove is like suspect at best yeah. uh, high school is where it ends right um and so funny little stories i went to a showcase and a pretty big deal in the northeast of st john's yeah. university mm-hmm. division one school right yeah uh, invited and get out there and uh, i get up Dude, the guy in front of me, he ended up getting drafted in like the second or third round of the Yankees. And yeah. we're 15-16, right? But you're comparing and kind of seeing. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't think this is gonna happen. Um yet with ice hockey, I was fortunate. Um I just met the right people on the way, played at a really competitive club team, was very fortunate with the kind of the cohort that I grew up with. Um and we were pretty dominant in high school even up into New England, right? Like, or into New York, right? Like, played national tournaments, things like that. So it was uber, uber competitive. And um, the whole team sport thing, and ice hockey in particular, is something that I, I truly, truly love. And, and I think part of it is because it's it, it's a range of skills. Uh, and I also, you know, I did like the, the aggressiveness and the violence of it. I always felt that that made people a little more humble playing that sport because if you can get your bell rung by anybody at any time and literally it's actually condoned at a certain point in certain leagues that you're allowed to fight yeah. right mm-hmm. you behave a little bit differently yeah. uh when you know you can get your nose like pushed to the side <laughs> of your face yeah, right, right? <laughs> like, there is something to that so I played collegiately actually interestingly enough one of my college coaches Derek Lalonde he he won the cup with uh he's the bench coach for the Tampa Lightning Uh, So he won the cup a year or two ago. And, uh, you know, that's a pretty high caliber of teaching and coaching at that point. You know, those guys are very nuanced. and uh, But I loved it, man. Super competitive. uh, Loved ice hockey. And then, uh, you know, flash forward into early adulthood, September 11th happens. And at that point, I made the commitment to join the Army and um, had the good privilege, man. Good fortune. Uh, I made uh, amazing friends, had some wonderful experiences. Uh, And essentially from like 02 to 2010, uh, I was back and forth between Iraq a couple times, Afghanistan, Africa. Uh, If I wasn't at war, engaged in conflict, training for the next one. Um, And over that period of time, my service, you know, I definitely developed post-traumatic stress from my first deployment. I think my mom and dad would confirm that. But, you know, I'm not asking for help. And I'm in an environment that everybody's experiencing that in many cases. Uh, but add on a few more deployments, more combat, more combat. By the time I got to 2010, my last deployment to Afghanistan, man, I, I, was, I was kind of broken, I think. I knew I was broken. I was combat ineffective uh, towards the end of that deployment. Uh, my moral compass was shattered, and I just was struggling. I get home. I start drinking heavy because uh, it is kind of accepted in the military. It's it, Drinking is part of the culture in some units, not all, but many. And uh, along that way, man, I found the right person or the wrong person. Uh, and I started using um, IV drugs and started uh, you know, shooting heroin and cocaine. And uh, November 12, 2012, overdose, uh, wake up butt-ass naked in Belleville uh, in Clara Mass Hospital New North Jersey. The only thing I had on was uh, my socks, my dirty Adidas socks. Uh, and I, I came back to life. Apparently, they said I was dead for like three minutes. I have no idea. I didn't feel a damn thing. Hmm. Um, but I came back too, and I look up, and I'm like, who the hell are you people? So the nurse, the nurses and the doctor looks right at my face. Right. And he's like, dude, you were just dead. Slow down. Right. And then, um, interesting enough, like I seized up so tight, uh, that the the woman that I was with, she couldn't get the drugs out of my pocket. She rushes me to the ER. Thank God. She didn't have to do that. She did that. They saved my life. And then I got, uh, whacked with an intent to distribute heroin charge as well. Um, not proud of any of that stuff really really dark time in my life but it does also inform some of my mindsets with the diesel day stuff meeting tosh growth and change and it also informs what I do now um, where I work in mental health as a therapist so yeah there's some darkness in there man some real real darkness uh in that period of uh, time in my life you know
0: yeah and when something like that happens was it like right away where you like I gotta change or did it take a long time
1: uh no I, so I walk out of there um I walk out of the hospital, got these charges pending now. Um, and the next day I'm in a treatment facility in Virginia. It was a military program. And um, I just start meeting some of the right people. I spent 93 days in an inpatient hospital, right? Uh, nothing sexy, romantic, or glamorous about that. Uh, save save my life, period. Like, yeah. save, save my life, dude. Uh, but I knew I was done. Like, I kind of knew... When I came to and I walked out of there, I was like, all right, like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I got to change some shit. I'm just not okay. Um, And, you know, at that point, I was estranged from my family. I hadn't seen my daughter really at all. She was about six at that point. And I was estranged from my my biological family. My mother and father were like, dude, you're fucked up, man. You got to be away from us. You're not going to hold us hostage. And. You know, the only person in my family, and I'm good with them now. We have a strong relationship, and it's, there's just a lot of work, and there was healing that had to happen. My, my brother, he's uh, two years younger than me, my best friend. He was the only one that never gave up completely. However, he did say to me, he's like, hey, dude, like, I love you, man, and I hope you get better. He's like, but I can't have you around me. You know, and so these are my closest family and friends. So you could imagine how I was in the rest of society and the community. I was engaged in some really, really dangerous behaviors and some really bad shit, man. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, I, I would I would jokingly say, like, I was half crazy um, and strung out, man. So, like, you mix those two together, and there's no good outcomes coming with that. Uh, there just isn't. Um, and so, I get out of the hospital end up in the warrior transition unit and the army's kind of like all right dude like you're jacked up man we're gonna have to break up um it's us not you is what they told me and i had to go on with my life man and um yeah i had my paperwork in hand when i met my wife and then got out in 2014 and then went on with life man so yeah
0: yeah it's crazy how like most of life is just like meeting the right people at the right time like that's the difference between like (laughs) you know good and bad like what happens
1: dude I, I met things yeah no that's it right so in, in the hospital i met one particular person i met a w- bunch of great people uh, and uh you know one guy in particular he he was my roommate he's a former marine and he has this like big deep raspy voice <laughs> and like a week a week a weekend yeah. right now mind you i've been clean for a week at this point because i'm in a hospital i can't go anywhere right and um he's like yo dog he's like i think you can do this shit better than these people you just don't know it and i think the world needs you bro they just don't know it yet man you gotta stop fucking doing drugs dude yeah. you got some shit to give to the world right <laughs> so circle it full circle right this is two weeks ago uh if you familiar with the phoenix it's like a recovery based program it's nationwide i don't they, think so they, they pu- they're partnered with CrossFit, right? And okay. so what they do is they'll, they'll have like free workouts and yoga and rock climbing and hiking and all sorts of stuff, right? Okay. So my buddy for a while is like, hey, you got to come check this out. And I think it aligns with you, your values, what you do. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, dude, I don't have time. I don't have time. So eventually, like, he's like, I'm going to ask you one more time. <laughs> yeah. Come or don't come, whatever, right? So two weeks ago, I go up there. Uh, and sure enough, I walk in there and I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, these are my people. You know, people have been through some shit with substances or mental health or whatever, right? Um, so I meet one guy. Me and him are going to do a, a partner competition in the old guy division. It will be super fun. Uh, and then this woman comes up to me, right? And this is back to my buddy's point. Like the world needs you and you just don't know it, right? That, the gym we went to is about an hour and 15 minutes from my front door. And generally where I practice therapy or counseling or any work that I do is in kind of my immediate community, right? Not, not much further than like 15, 20 minutes away. So I'm an hour and 15 minutes away in a different county in North Jersey. This woman comes up to me and she's like, Hey, are you Vince? And I'm like, fuck. I'm like, did I rob this lady? (laughs) Did I rob her boyfriend? (laughs) Like what bullshit did I do to this fucking lady in Asbury park or North Jersey at some point in my life. Right. Um, But literally that's like my first instinct because in that world, that's the shit that you get involved in all sorts of bullshit. Right. And so she's like, hey, you don't really remember don't think. She's like, I met you at like a conference or whatever a couple of years ago. And I ended up doing some work with a lot of your clients after that. I just wanted to let you know that your clients love you. And you make it really hard to work with them after they've worked with you. And that's like the ultimate compliment, if you think about it, right, is that I gave these people what I needed at the time when I needed help to get better. And it's just paying it forward. Right. Mm -hmm. And and it's about nothing else than to be really good, because at the end of the day, Connor, how I treat the humans in front of me when they come into my office is like, in my mind, there's a couple of things that could be my family member or my friend or me. Right, like they 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 are a human being. That's a divine individual, right? And I think that's part of the problem is that we're quick to categorize people uh, in nice, neat little boxes. And the truth of the matter is, uh, just just being a human is a good start to have a meaningful conversation. But yeah, that's just an example of like, hey, just keep doing the right thing, keep keep getting better. And so I get into the mental health field a couple of years ago, and I met resistance every step of the way from other professionals, which was no different than my academic experience. Yep but they don't have my experience. Right. And so that's the difference. And I don't necessarily broadcast that. I mean, I'm a little more open with it in recent history, but uh, it's not what I go to and default to because if that's my only credibility that I fucking overdose in heroin, right? Like what good is that? There's people all falling out left and right across the country, right? Like it's, it's insane. But with that being stated, it was like, Hey, I get into this field uh, clean and sober. I'm, I'm on stable footing, Crushing school. I get my internship and know i just start bringing in different things and different styles and tactics and techniques to help people work through mental illness to to work through addiction work through their trauma Uh, but simultaneously uh what i did and this is um probably one of the more important things i did is like i just promised myself from 6 p.m to 9 p.m every friday uh i would spend time reading researching watching videos about the greats that have ever done therapy Right, Mm -hmm. and what had what happened over time is my stuff and my mindset and perspective started accelerating so rapidly that I started knowing more about the practice and the field and the profession than supervisors or other clinicians or doctors or whoever, and it was simply just putting in the work to do it. Mm-hmm. That's literally all it was. There was nothing special or unique about it. It was literally making a commitment to myself that Friday nights when everybody else is doing whatever they do, I'm going to read, study, review, and research because when that person comes into my office, I want to make sure that they have a world class experience. Hmm. You know, whether they're in community <coughs> mental health or I'm meeting them in private practice and they're paying a premium out of pocket, right? Like I want to make sure they have a world class experience. I'm so insane about that that I turn the lights off between session and then turn them on to cue myself that they it's fucking showtime. Hmm. Like that's that's just a psychological tip, right? Like I, I turn the lights on and I turn them off. No different than if you're putting on a performance or you're at a concert or a show, right? It's like that's that's a mindset thing. That's a little hack for me. Is it's a cue or a primer to be like, all right, game on. Whatever happened in last session, is irrelevant to this next one because that's a different human being and a different individual. So yeah, that's, that's really what
0: I cool. do, man. Yeah, no, that Friday night thing's really cool. Yeah, and I could see like how over time that would just add up and you just get better and better and like you maybe wouldn't even know it.
1: I, I didn't know it, but I re- I started realizing that I wasn't even able to have clinical conversations with people that were colleagues or technically in my peer group. Uh, and it was just like, it started happening pretty fast. I would say around the three month mark, because at, at that point, right. Uh, I've, I had mowed through probably four or five books from some of the greats that these folks don't even know exist. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. the problem comes in like, for me in different classroom environments or settings or continuing education is I'll just offer challenging perspectives or different takes on things. So just back to the addiction thing, because that is something addiction and trauma are kind of the two things I focus on quite a bit. And that's where I work the most with addiction. uh, I was at the seminar. There's like 50 people in the room. Uh, These are supposed to be the experts and I paid a lot of money for the ticket. So I asked them, I was like, Hey, can you clarify what the differences for the client, whether addiction is categorized as a disease or a choice? Because the American Medical Association would suggest that it's a disease, right? Um, yep. They also gave us the standard American diet too, so that's what I think gives about a that. A lot of
0: messed up shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. And, and, and yeah, and the, and the greater majority, yep. you know, big farm insurance companies, yeah. whatever. Right. We that's don't for need another to give, podcast. Get down the rabbit hole. Now, another podcast. <laughs> but the, but 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 the point is this: is to be okay with the fact that like to hold these conflicting ideas, because the end day, when that human comes to the office, they don't give a fuck what books I read or how smart I am. They want to hear how I can transition and translate what I know into helping them. They don't care about a the diagnosis. They don't care about any of that stuff, right? So if they believe it's, an a, it's a choice or if they believe it's a disease or a combination of, which is what I believe, right, we just need to figure out what works for them and help them get better, man. Mm-hmm. Gives the fuck what they believe. They yeah. can believe whatever they want. The idea uh-huh. is that they need to get clean and sober and start working on their mental health, man. So – I think a lot of times people are a little dogmatic um, in the mental health world and, you know, social media would would support that statement.
0: Yeah. I think that's really cool. Like, like you said, you were doing research and you were learning from the best of the best. If you surround yourself with greatness all the time, you have no choice but to get great. Like I see so many parallels with myself being at CrossFit Roots. Like I'm around all these great coaches and great people. Like I have no choice but to get better.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's that's it. That's it. And, and it doesn't mean you're not going to create a distinct style for yourself, right? That is going to be yours because you are your own person, mm-hmm. right? Who you are. Uh, and I think that's kind of it, right? Is that you said, is like, if I'm going around the right kinds of people, uh, what happens with, and this is the part many people struggle with, oftentimes I have to shed some other people or move away from other people. Yeah. And some people can experience a sense of loss or grief with that. Um, yeah. Full disclosure, man. And the first of every month I audit my life. I hire and fire people like it's a sport. They just don't know if they got hired or fired <laughs> in my life. <laughs> and I
0: mean, now that you say that, I mean, that's that—that's definitely happening to me. Just, you know, I mean, young, like, so all this stuff is new to me. But, like, I can, as I think about that, I'm like, yeah, there's, like, a lot of people where I'm like, I don't, you, you don't have any part in my life anymore. Like, you're not serving it's, me.
1: It's not a bad thing, right? No. And so that's interesting. You know, I'll give it's you an example, right?
0: It's kind of a sad thing when you think about it. But, yeah, it's a good thing.
1: Simultaneously at this stage of my life, right? Because I had to learn all this stuff much later than you, right? Because I was forced to, right? I couldn't go back around people that were yep. drinking all the time or yeah. using drugs. Right? I just can't do that, right? So I had to create a new life, find new friends, make new friends. I had to meet the Connor Warmans of the world, right? Like these new people that say- are new characters, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Well, no, I would disagree because your mindset, the stuff you, you, you post and, you know, some of the podcasts that I was fortunate to listen to before, right. Is it's a lot about growth exploration. It's the journey and all those things. Right. And part of that is like, you know, if you just use the, what story is, right. You're taking an ordinary world, turn into an extraordinary world. Well, Disney figured that out, man. You have to introduce new characters. There's gotta be some adversity, some grief and potentially trauma for that character. To become the character they're supposed to be, or mythology, right? Mm-hmm. Like there has to be some adversity or challenge. Um, at modern day mythology, right? Like DC or Marvel, right? Like yeah. Iron Man, Batman, mm-hmm. Superman, right? They have to go through those things to become who they are, and that's what pulls us to them, right? It, it plays to our, our emotions and our neurotransmitters, man. Just give us a hit of dopamine, a little serotonin, right? Maybe yeah. some endorphins and different <clears throat> oxytocin, right? And by the end of the movie, right, we have had a shared experience with them, uh, and folks see themselves as a reflection. They just don't know that, right? And so. Uh, for yourself, I, I appreciate that you're like, hey, I'm in, I'm in a premier gym, right? You know, in, in the world, right? And as such, uh, you're you're doing the work to earn the right to be in the room. <laughs> that's, right? that's part of it. Because yeah. if if you if you weren't willing to do the work or make the changes necessary, I would argue that they'd probably be like, yeah, you might not be our guy. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Like that's it. Man.
0: Yeah, and that's the fear, right? Like, fear can be a good thing, and that is a fear. Like, just you know, you're just not cutting it. Yeah. So you gotta fear step is up. a
1: wonderful.
0: Got to step up.
1: Fear is a wonderful it's, tool. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah, fear is is amazing in the sense of how much stuff can be driven by that. Yep. You know, we'll kind of segue into like how I met Tosh and uh, yeah. easily and all that stuff because fear fear plays a role in that. So uh, as you're aware, and you know, I don't know how much your audience is like Tosh does a ton of work with the Travis Mannion Foundation, doing leadership development and immersion camps and things like that up at the ranch. And that's where I first met him. So what's interesting is prior to meeting him, there were other guys I knew through Travis Manning Foundation or or TMF. That's all referred to as um, that, that either knew of him or whatever, in some capacity. And they're hyping him up to be this thing that is like, it just doesn't even make sense. And it sounds larger than life. So without knowing him or even knowing anything about him, I'm like, yeah, like clearly he's done some stuff in the military. Like I admire, respect that, but I have a ton of experience too. And, I know some professional tough guys that have done some rad shit too, man, and yeah. amazing leaders, mm-hmm. like world-class. World-class leaders just the same, right? Um, so I was kind of like not dismissive but skeptical, right? So here we go. I get to the airport. I get in the flight with my buddy. We're chatting the whole time. Get to Boulder. I had just run my first 50-mile race the week before. So I was fucked up when I get out there, right, like <laughs> yeah. limping and shit. Yep, I'm like, yep. dude, I'm I'm never running ever again, dude. Yeah. I'm done. Dude, 30 seconds in, I'm sitting next to Tasha around the campfire. And he's talking about the Arrowhead 135. Yeah. And he's he's radiating at a, a, a vibration of frequency, in my estimation, that is not common.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He's radiating a vibration of frequency that is not common. Immediately, that was the first thing. I was still skeptical, right? But now he's got me thinking in a matter of a minute or two, yeah. hey, maybe I will run a race. You know, maybe I'll, I'll run a hundred miler. Maybe I'll do more. Maybe I'll do something different. Maybe it's not physical. Maybe it's something different. Right. And so um, that week spent with him, there was amazing relationships born out of that. Um, and when I left there, I came home and, you know, spoke to my wife, Mary, and was like, hey, we're going to start our own company. I don't know what we're going to do, but this is what we're going to do. And, you know, we started H hour and that's what was born uh, in 2018 around the campfire. Um, and I shared that with him this past trip. I was like, yeah, dude, like your work planted the seed for the possibility to do that. And so this past year, you know, we've been doing some work and stuff like that. Um, Some corporate stuff and some individual stuff. Um, But it seems to be working, people seem to enjoy it. So yeah, that was the nexus of meeting Tosh. Um, And, you know, cool, didn't think anything of it, right? And then the Diesel Day thing comes up for last summer. Uh, And the intention was like to go out there, with John from recalibrate and Hey, let's do this event. Right. Let's check it out. Let's partner with Tosh. We're going to do a veteran event anyway in our community. Let's see what that looks like. Um, and then yeah, diesel day, man, we get out there, it kicks off. It came out hot in that first hour of diesel day one. Um, Me and then too. I was a train wreck, absolute train wreck for the <clears> next, <throat> uh, tw- 23 hours. Me too. Uh, where are you? Yeah. I remember your, heel. your heel was falling off. dude. <laughs> And actually, I was just super grateful, right? <laughs> just super grateful that like my feet weren't jacked up at that point, right? Yeah. Cause it was early for you. I think yeah, that was like,
0: yeah, yeah, it was early. I forget what it was, but it was early.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like I knew, I knew that was coming for myself at some point. I was just grateful. I was like, oh, I know that's coming. I was like, I just, I See, want that later. I'm I don't just know an idiot. That.
0: Like, I don't care. I'm like, I don't care. Like, if it happens, it happens. We'll deal with it. Like, I don't think <laughs> I had like that. I'm just like, oh, fuck it. Whatever.
1: Yeah. Dude. So on diesel day one, right. Did you find yourself um, sensitive to your environment, meaning the people around you uh, or like, did you find that you were getting dragged down or lifted up by the environment? Hmm.
0: Performance wise down looking back.
1: And Dude, I, I, think, day... I
0: didn't know that in the moment, but looking Dude, back. Diesel... Yeah. Go ahead.
1: Diesel day one, I felt like I was getting dragged down. Yeah. And not because of the people necessarily, but because psychologically, I wasn't prepared for the endeavor that I was engaged in.
0: I don't think I was either. And I wasn't there to – I really wasn't there to score points. You know? Like, yeah, I like to compete and win, obviously, but I wasn't there to score points. It just so happened there was points. But, like, looking back now, I'm like, man, like, you could have gotten, like, almost double what you got. (laughs) Like – you know, like physically, uh, like physically able. More so because I've seen people do it. That I kind of I'm like I'm comparable to them physically.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's it's a comparison yeah. thing, right? So like, um, so so Mary was like, hey, my score was X. Like, what was your score last time? I was like, I don't really remember, but I have to look through, through my journal. I know I wrote it in there, so I look and I'm like, this is what it was or whatever. And she's like really like what happened and i'm like well on the first hour or the first two hours i don't remember exactly what it was i have um james hobart is coaching me how to do the thing that i'm doing at that moment mm. right and and i'm like and i don't know how to do that thing right so in my head i'm like well this guy's a pretty big deal uh in fitness crossfit right he definitely knows how to teach right and i'm definitely following his instructions well i think at that point i overcompensated and i blew myself up early and the in the big picture I was maybe disappointed that like first week, like, oh, I wish I didn't blow up that first thing. Yeah. I probably could have scored more points. Right. Best thing that could have ever happened. Yeah. Be- best thing that ever could have, could have ever happened. It's like, you know, be more pragmatic and paced and controlled. Um, and where does that transition to is in life as well too. Right. Don't, 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 don't uh, flame out too quickly. Right. Cause yeah. life does, the time just keeps going. It doesn't stop.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, But that event was that event was life changing. I will say that for sure. Yeah.
1: No, absolutely, absolutely. Because I I well, diesel day two might have been more so life changing, but maybe because it's more fresh. But Diesel Day one came I came off the mountain and was like, All right, I think I just need to be a little bit more aggressive with some of my endeavors, right? Because we hadn't even had a paying client for HR at that point, right? And we didn't talk Mm -hmm. about business, that's not what he's coaching or teaching. But it was like, I just need to be more aggressive and follow up a little bit more. And then we landed our first gig, dude, uh, with Amazon of all companies, oh right? Wow. So cool. t- 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 tough to go anywhere else after working yeah. with Amazon in some ways, right? Um, but yeah, that's that was that was our first client. Like I had no idea what we were doing. And and the momentum just got created off of that. And I think some of that was born out of diesel day of being yeah. like, fuck it. Nobody knows else knows any different, right? And like, let's just get after it. Let's just make a bet on ourselves. Um, yeah, and so professionally from that side, that endeavor, it, it's it's been unfolding in the right ways. And I think that was born. And, and just it was like hanging out with Tosh at the Crooked Butterfly Ranch for the Travis Manning Foundation was a super safe environment. All veterans and Gold Star families. So I, I felt like it was just a very safe environment, not nearly as physically demanding, kind of just taking a look at the mountains, hiking around, right? Probably like a five, I guess, on the physicality yeah. side of it. Whereas Diesel Day, I would rate as a 10 for me anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but the depth and scope of conversations, right, is where, you know, Tosh crushed any sort of skepticism I had. Uh, and, and the caliber of the people that are around the campfire, just exchanging ideas and thoughts and perspectives. Um, same thing at Diesel Day, right, around the campfires, right? You could sense the night before is like, hey, nobody really knows anybody. There's a little bit about ill at ease, maybe, maybe some anxiety in some cases, maybe fear yeah in some cases as well for sure um but i mean i mean for myself i go into everything that i'm doing at this point in my life i have uh pretty straightforward rules number one is i'm not going to use drugs or alcohol and then the second one is i'm not going to lie cheat or steal Hmm. and then everything else is game on like and literally like whatever unfolds i'm okay with all of it so yeah that's that was the mindset but diesel day one um i think the design is brilliant in the sense that that is absolutely for everybody
0: yeah for, sure. for
1: somebody for somebody that is like hey i have two thousand dollars to my name i can either get a new iphone or go do diesel day yeah i'd be like go do diesel day who gives a fuck about the phone yeah, yeah. right like like you can have both sure but if you had two grand left to your name <laughs> go to diesel day because yeah, you yeah. can leverage the knowledge the skills and the exposure uh from that that experience I and mean, go get all the iphones you want after that man figure out how to invent your own iphone i don't know right but like hope optimism and enthusiasm and you know the way he teaches checking in with the left hand i think that's super super brilliant right uh because he, you know he's, he's very transparent about what it is how he uses it and things of that nature and i will overlay it with what i do for a profession right and i think this is the brilliance whether he's thought about these things or not i don't know but it's teased him out but yeah um There's kind of five core pillars with trauma work specifically, right? And I I say that because not that he's doing trauma work, but these five things have to be in place for that human to have a full experience, right? So safety, safety of self, and safety of others. Because it could be perceived you're doing some things that aren't quite safe, right? Especially if you run along a continuum. And I'll give you an example. Hey, you're going to be up on a mountain, walking on a trail where there's potentially mountain lions and bears. You might end up by yourself for a while, and you're going to have a a, a thing, a, a light on your head, right? Yeah. I think I could share that. I think he would be okay yeah, with that, right? I think that's fine. You're going to go. You're going to go do that. Well, here on a continuum, think about this for a second. He has to deduce and figure out, right? Like, maybe this person has never been in the woods at night before, let alone by themselves. Yeah. And then, you know, run across a continuum, right? You get somebody like myself, right? Well, I've been in the mountains and in the woods with a gun with my friends um, in combat, right? Like, so that's not going to be the thing for Vince, right? Like, that's not where I'm going to have to coach him or walk him through or, or work him through. And so he has to assess and figure all that stuff out when the event unfolds. And I think that's the brilliance is that he's assessing that on a continuum over time to figure out, hey, where can I apply pressure for this person? Um, Where do I need to actually coach this person? Where can I elevate this person? You know, so creating that safety is paramount for all of it. The people have to feel safe, right? You know, the second part is I have to establish some degree of trust. I think what's super smart is he has you on the ranch where him, his wife, and family live, right? So we've established the respect thing to get right to the trust. Like it's there. You showed up, right? You bought the entry fee. You're there, right? Uh, The third part would be power and control. You can walk off the mountain and stop at any time. Yeah. There'll be no peer pressure. There's no mandates. It's all in your own will or accord. I mean, the only way that they'll stop you is if it's unsafe, and that's the part of having you and Jenny and James, Nicole's there, Tosh. You have world class coaching. That's never going to allow somebody to do something that's that's unsafe or is going to be put them in physical jeopardy, right, of yeah. peril or something like that. Um, so that power and control thing is super important, and then the esteem part, right? is again he creates that environment that has esteem right and not so much in self-esteem how people see themselves before or after the mountain which we kind of talked about but more so in the sense of self-efficacy right meaning how does somebody see themselves accomplishing a particular tasks goal or objectives right and i think for me that was the biggest one is my self-efficacy in terms of how i see myself getting shit done like an from diesel day one dude like elevated significantly like i i don't think i necessarily skipped steps but i think i was able to kind of like if if a staircase is the way we grow and change in life i kind of like shuffled up a few steps really quickly off the mountain right and then the last part would be the intimacy thing which you kind of let off with right yeah, but yeah. how how he creates the intimacy in that sense right and allows um you know whoever's supporting the event right the team right to allow to them to coach and foster and cultivate uh by supporting everybody i think it just allows for people like yourself or myself to push much further than I ever would running a 50K by myself. I I just don't think I'll ever push that far if I'm by myself. But maybe I could. I don't know. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I actually had that exact same conversation with my dad and his buddies when we were driving to the airport on Sunday. Like, They don't know if that you would ever have gotten that much out of that group in that setting at that moment, which I agree. I think 100%. Because they're like, what if you recreated the event by yourself? That was the question they had. Was like, what would happen if you recreated it? I was like, you'd probably get not half of what you got, but you wouldn't get anywhere near what you got because there were people like Tosh and James and myself and Jenny and Brista Mayfield, people who were there who were like just pushing you to go further than you thought when you wanted to stop. And not wow. given that push, you probably would have stopped.
1: And absolutely. Absolutely. I, I put a post. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're going to, as, as he says, like move the goalpost, right? Exactly. And I put a post up like, uh, there was a point that I, I didn't feel like I could do any more of a particular movement, right? And, you know, world-class, Jenny was simply like, all right, just show me one more. Yeah. Like super nonchalant. Like, hey, just show me one, right? Like, um, well, and then I put in there, like I did one and then I went on to do like a thousand more. And so that's the structure, right? Like he's challenging your belief structure, the mental models that you have in terms of who you are in relationship to yourself, right? Like yeah. we don't learn anything about ourselves until we expose ourselves to ourselves, right? And the brilliance <laughs> is is in that moment, uh, you know, Jenny can see that I'm super vulnerable and all over the place. Right. She, you know, yeah. she can, she knows what she's seeing. Right. Um, but it's a belief system, right? It's like, I'm in a place that I've never been before. I don't know how to do this. And what do I do? Right. Mm-hmm. Her cue is simple. <clears throat> just do, just do one more.
0: So that's, that's cool. Cause the other day, so I've been doing Murph a bunch cause I'm training to possibly try and break the 24 hour Murph record. So I've been doing it a bunch. So I was doing it with some friends the other day. And this one girl, she was, she like ripped her hand and we were doing it. And she's like, I I don't think I can do any more pull-ups. Like, I'm going to stop. I look at her kind of joking. I'm like, just do one more set. Like, just do one more, do one more. And so she does it. It's hard. And I didn't want to push too much because whatever, but it's hard. Like she thought I was joking because I kept saying, do another set, do another set. She's like, what can I do? What can I do else? It's hard in that moment when you're doing like 20 rounds of Cindy to do your Murph reps on on round twelve to be like well what if I do one more okay I did my one more I still have seven more to go, it's hard to get people to get in that mindset and to actually believe that all you have to do is one more and you can just keep going and eventually you'll finish, but it's learned yeah. and it's practiced.
1: That's so- it. It's not under duress or, uh, or yeah. you know, any sort of stress. It has to be practiced, right? Mm-hmm. And it can't be when, you you know, your nervous system is on fire yep. and everything's like burning or mm-hmm. whatever. You have to practice that transition in your mind, whether it's a transition or getting one more rep, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the brilliant thing is, is uh, I'll, I'll share this, right? Is, hey, go right up until you're one or two reps short of failure or one rep short of failure yeah. or whatever, right? That little gem right there. Mm-hmm it changed the way i experience uh crossfit on a daily basis you know and the cool part is and is this is my daughter's 14 and she does crossfit right and so she's at her third gym at this point in her life right she went to one gym when she was spending a lot of time with her grandparents went to a different gym with a teen program and now she's kind of making that transition she's like i don't really want to do the teens class i want to hang out with adults i'm like all right let's kind of see um it was just cool like Later tonight, her and I will go we'll go over to the gym. We'll get a workout in together, which is really all I care about. I can't give a shit about yeah. anything else. But awesome. those little gem, those little gems with her at fourteen of being like, "Hey, go right up until you feel like you can't go anymore." It's just my spin on it, and then take take that three second break and then go back to it. Yeah, she's fourteen, dude. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> and her mindset, awesome. her yeah. her mindset now, just from that thirty seconds of conversation, mm-hmm. her mindset about who she is in relationship to fitness is now is leveled up. Yeah. And she's a baby, dude. She's 14, mm-hmm. right? Awesome. I, you know, I didn't That's learn awesome. that. I didn't learn that until I was forty. <laughs> right? Forty years
0: old, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's like you just gotta ask the question, like, can I do one more? If the answer's yes, do another one. If the answer's still yes, do another one. You might not finish, you might not do what you wanted to do, but you're gonna get a lot further if you would have just quit. Because oh, I can't uh, do five. I can't do the number I picked in the beginning, so I'm just gonna quit. And Tosh talks about that all the time. You know, like you would pick cute numbers like five and 10. And once you can't do that, you freak out. And it's like, we'll just do one. okay? do another one. okay? you just did five faster than you were doing, you know, it's just yeah, it's just but it's it's learned and it's practice and you can't you just you got to you got to do it.
1: Yeah. And so where that came into play was this past spring uh, from June to July, I kind of went off social media, which was interesting because uh, I found it was distracting me quite a bit interesting note actually a little bit off the topic off of social media for that two months the quality of my thinking Mm. skyrocketed got super clear well yeah you don't have
0: all the external external bullshit coming in and you're like oh maybe i think that maybe i think that oh fuck that like all this (laughs) stuff you know like yeah are just racing with like processing all this 99 (laughs) percent bullshit
1: (laughs) yeah 99.9 so quality thinking increases yet what i found is in the middle of that i'm it was a heavy lift at that point just had a ton of shit going on um and I would find myself having comf- uh, conversations internally referencing uh, checking in with the left hand, right? Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I'm spending all this, these waking hours writing this dissertation. And I kept going to the ring finger. Like, mm. am I committed to my commitment, right? Because it's 10, 11 o'clock at night on a Tuesday. I got to get up at 05. Like, dude, nobody gives a fuck, Vince, if you get this fucking stupid degree. Yeah. Nobody gives a fuck. So just, just, just write one more sentence. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Hold on. I don't have one more sentence left, Write One word, right. That's literally the intensity that I hit in, in that intellectual process. So how it's transitioning, carrying over. I think that's the brilliance. And I gave you the overlay of those trauma principles, right? Like that person has to feel safe like that and experience all those things to be able to open up and be vulnerable. Uh, and I think that's the brilliance of what he's when he sets conditions up at the ranch. He sets that for everyone there.
0: Yeah, man, people don't know how to think anymore. Like, you think you're thinking during the day, but you're influenced by so much stuff because you're in your phone all day. Like the only way to really think and organize your thoughts and how you feel is just to like put everything away and sit there for a long time because it takes a long time for your mind to clear. And then when it does, you're like, "Where did all this stuff come from?" But like you have yeah. to get away because otherwise you're never gonna let yourself think.
1: Yeah, you're always oh, going to not something.
0: Like your mind's gonna be racing.
1: Yeah, not only do you think you're not even gonna know what you're feeling. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So then you're you're gonna come up with all sorts of stories and bullshit that aren't actually representations of your behavior. Right. And that is really, really tricky because what happens uh in the world is and we see it, we see it firsthand, right? Like the media, uh elected officials, and I won't call them leaders, they're fucking elected officials, right? I agree. Uh and the media, right, they, they play to that shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the truth of the matter is is we're susceptible and we're vulnerable, much more vulnerable than we would like to admit. And, and I include myself in that. I'm not fucking Teflon, man. I, I watch enough of uh, Instaface, Right. My fucking brain starts getting fucked up, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and, and and that's to your point. Is that like I'm not even thinking my thoughts. Mm-hmm. So. So for me, it's to your point is just mm-hmm. checking out sometimes studying on the social media. Uh, and I'd like to to. When I read specifically, I like to write about whatever I read, Mm. not like a long essay or breakdown, just like one, two or three key takeaways, whether I read 100 pages or I read one page Mm -hmm. as a practice. I I give the minute of attention just to be like, what's the one, two or three things I just teased out Mm -hmm. of this? And that kind of galvanizes simply the exercise of this, the neurological connections that I made in that process. And then the following challenge is like, how do I integrate the language or this new concept or idea to me? And how do I integrate or weave it into to, to my life? And yeah. I, I find that that's just a good practice to help mm-hmm. my thinking kind of dial back in at times. Yeah, it's you like, know? why do
0: you think some of the best writers and just creators and makers, like they get shit done because they go lock themselves in a cabin for a, for a yeah. day, a week? Yeah. Like they just get away and it's just, that's how they do. That's how you, that's how you think. That's how you, that's yeah. how you create creativity gets unlocked.
1: Yeah. It's a reflection of who we are yeah. uh, in relationship to the world, right? It's, it's our mind, right? How we write is how we think and how we think is how we write. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, that's, that's, it. that's, that's the powerful part of it, right? Is that like, if we can dream it or just imagine it, whatever it is, however silly or asinine or maybe perceived as stupid uh, by other people, if we believe it's possible, I, I subscribe to that. I think yeah. you can manifest anything you want to manifest. <laughs> and so, you know, it's cool, right? Connor kind of will give an example, right? When I, when I went into grad school, my master's program, day one, right? They're like, they're going around the program. They're like, hey, what do you want to do? How do you want to help people? You know, people are like, uh, I want to help these people. And I want to help these people and help these people. All good stuff, man. Like all good intentions. Yep. They're helpers, right? Helping profession. And they get to me and I'm like, I don't know. I was like, I think I'm going to help like 10,000 people. Just threw out a number? <laughs> is that just like a random yeah, yeah. number? <laughs> totally random, dude. Well, what's cool about this, right, is the whole class is probably like, I don't know, 16, 17, 20-ish people maybe. And the professor, right? Hysterical laughing. They thought it was – because it was nothing like anybody else said. And so for me in that moment in terms of where I'm at in my process, I'm like, cool. Nobody else has that goal. So I have less competition. Fucking perfect. Mm -hmm. right? Well, so by the end of the program, two and a half years later, I had worked with all these people, partnered, collaborated. We'd done internships and now practicing. And I'm like, yeah, we're doing our exit interviews or whatever. And I'm like, I said 10,000 in January of 2016. And at this point of spring of 2018, uh, I was like, I think I went low. I was like, I'm thinking like 100,000 might be the number. Hmm. Now, mind you, even sitting in front of you at this point in 2021, I have no idea if that's even possible or if I'm yeah. even going to do that or feasible. Um, yet, here's the interesting thing. I would just say uh, last spring I was chatting with a buddy and his wife, and I was like, I think I'm going to try to help like a third of the American population. Hmm. Right? Because it just keeps continues to grow because the yep. belief structures hmm. and the systems are put in place. And to your point, if you're doing all the work to support that, whatever that is, um, who the fuck's to say it can't happen? Mm-hmm. Right. Because, you know, the way technology is like this, right, like who's to say that the avatar of Vince is, is going to get created, uh, that thinks, feels and be- behaves and, and practices therapy like Vince. Yeah. Right? I, I just made that up. I mean, I, I think there's something to that. I think there, that it's where we're, where we're going. Right. But like, right, like, yeah, boom, right there. There you go. And if you're the best at what you do and you test it against the market, the market's going to tell you whether you're good at what you do or not, because mm-hmm. if you're a fraud, we, you know, we we figure it out pretty quickly. Mm-hmm pretty quickly. So I don't know. I don't know. That That's, that's born out of these lay too. Cause it's like, Hey, that number just keeps increasing the breadth, depth and scope of possibility. Um, it changes. Mm. That's, that's what happens up there is people. I don't think anybody could come off that mountain and not change. Mm. I agree. I, I just don't see it. Yeah. It doesn't mean that they, they necessarily enjoyed it. Maybe they didn't um, connect with Tosh or the environment or whatever it was. I don't, I haven't, I've yet to meet anybody, and I couldn't see how somebody could come off there and not say that they didn't gain a new perspective or learn something new about themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Because the
0: flip side to that is you pick a number that's way too low because it's safe, and you think, and you actually know you can do it. You know, you're one of those people who's just not afraid or you're just afraid to fail, and you just set your sights too low. And that's just not a good way, in my opinion, that's not a good way to live. Like, I I take a lot of heat because I just like to throw out big stuff big goals, big ambitions and, you know, hit them or not. Like you're going to feel way better going for it and giving it your all. Even if you fail, than if you didn't do it at all, or you pick something safe because in the back of your head, you always know, like Tosh says, you're going to know if you gave it your all,
1: or you're going to know
0: if you said something safe and made it look like you were working hard. Right?
1: Yeah, dude, effort, effort, right? That's a conversation yeah. we have internally. Mm-hmm. He says it best. He sums it up and I would agree with that is, and what you just said right there is we know, right? And so like, you know, Hey Connor, you made this huge, huge goal, whatever it is, right? Hey, I want to break uh the Murph record in 20 <laughs> I still 20...
0: that. <laughs> I don't 20... say
1: that. <laughs> no, fuck that. You said that shit, dude. <laughs> it's out in the world, right? And that and dude, I'm just gonna message you all the time about it. But here's the deal, yeah, right? Yeah. You make that, you put that out in the world, right? And here's here's what you're going to get, right? In my experience. Um if you knew a hundred people and you didn't give a fuck what hundred people give you the feedback about it, you're gonna have 10 people that are negative influencers in that yeah. process. A 10%, right? Generally speaking. You're gonna have another 10% that are gonna be supportive, encouraging, and positive, right? Yet they may or may not even know how to express that to you because they might give you like the pat on the back, like, oh, that's great, Connor. Good luck, go get them, right? It's because they can't conceptualize it, but they're supportive.
0: Yeah.
1: That's welcome. Yep, yep. Then you're gonna then you're gonna have a few people in in the positive side that are actually gonna help you enable you to do that right and those are the people it's our responsibility is to to cling to those people that are like that believe that share a belief or hat you know that buy into the vision whether it's feasible or not right Mm -hmm. um the difficulty i think is that 80 percent in the middle that are ambiguous they could be this or that on any given day and i find that for myself the better i get at navigating those folks that could be this or that the more i start leaning to the the positive influencers in my life Mm. because those people that are this or that (laughs) They don't particularly have any vested interest, nor do they give a fuck. It's Mm -hmm. nothing more than a like on Instaface or fucking Facebook, right? And then they'll put up a post of them blowing themselves and telling them, do this, don't do that. And fucking, if I blow myself, you blow yourself, right? (laughs) Like, fuck out of here, dude. I don't want to hear that shit, right? Um, Because here's the deal. What I have found is this, is like, I think social media is fascinating in that sense, right? I've met some people that have these huge followings and they make money doing all this shit, dude. Uh, And I won't say any particular names, but dude, they're pieces of shit, dude. And they're not even good at what they do. Mm -hmm. And then some of the most influential people in my life that have helped me in all sorts of forms, right? They're not on social media at all. Hmm. Yeah. And as a matter as a matter of fact, uh, one of them is very difficult to get access to by design, right? Because that's that's what he believes, you know. And he's he's also like a business coach. I mean, he's the one I got the line from about blowing yourself. Yeah. He's like, dude. He's like, what do you want a website so you can have fucking pictures of you blowing yourself? Mm-hmm. He's like, dude, you need to get so good at your craft. It doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just doesn't even matter, right? And so, <laughs> those are the kind of people that, that I tend to gravitate to. And I think with the Murph thing is a good example. You're just going to gravitate to the people that want to support it and be part of it. No. I'm, I'm already, so, seeing,
0: I'm already seeing that.
1: It, it makes it so easy mm-hmm. if you're committed and okay with the fact that not everybody's going to have the same belief structure uh, or support your goals and vision.
0: Yeah, what's funny too is like most people are just bandwagon hoppers, like. They're going to rip on you and they're going to say, oh, you can't do it. You can't do it. And then they're going to be the one there at your, at the one where you break the record. Like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. You know, like those, yeah. those people are the worst.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I actually think they're gifts, right? They're gifts yeah. in the sense of like, I just don't want to be them.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to look at it because you don't. I don't want to be that. Like all the people that tell me, no, you can't do that. I don't say this to them. Now people are going to know. I don't want to be that person. Like in the back of my mind, I'm like, I don't want to be like you at all. Yeah. Like If somebody comes to me and says they want to do something, I'm like, all right, what do we got to do? How are we going to do this? What's the plan?
1: Yeah. 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 So, so that's it right there is when somebody comes with an idea, right. And they're passionate about it and they believe in it. Those are the kind of people I just want to partner if with. And figure one, out ways to If
0: you're so. the one who says, no, you can't do that right away to somebody. There's something wrong with you. Not that person. There's something inside of you. That's, just
1: doesn't allow you for other to see other people succeed
0: in my opinion.
1: And then they'll come up with all the stories about why you broke the record.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: Oh, uh, you know, he's really good at this and he's really good at those and that, and that's why, you know, I could have done that if I didn't have the shoulder <laughs> <laughs> surgery the back best. in 2015, dude, best. like, and, and so, and so, you know, that's, the, that's the whole man in the arena thing. Right. Yeah. They're like, that roosevelt spoke to right it's like dude you got to be in the arena fucking take your punches and do what you have to do and i think dude i i love using like he's talked about a nauseam and it's fucking cliche at this point but fucking elon musk dude right he basically tells congress early 2000 and he's like hey and that weird accent, we're going to go to Mars and outer space and do this, this, and this. And uh, everybody's got an electric car in 30 <clears throat> years or whatever he said, some crazy shit. And fucking Congress is like laughing him out of the room basically. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, right? Yeah. So here's some of the most powerful and influential uh, Americans t- telling him like, yeah, no way, dude. Well, <laughs> last time I checked, dude, it seems like <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, his belief system – was much stronger yeah. than you folks, right? Yeah. So I think that comes down to the individual. And, uh-huh. and I think he talks about that. He's like, yeah, I just find the right people, partner with the right people and continue pushing forward, man. Fail forward, yeah. keep failing forward. People
0: are so fast to pile on him for the smallest things. In the, by the time they're doing that, he's already back in his office thinking about, all right, what do we gotta do? How are we gonna fix this? He's not even <laughs> like, and I love how he messes with people. Like oh, on yeah. Twitter, cause he's just trolling. But he, you know, he's in his oh, yeah. office. Like he's like, how are we gonna fix this? Like, he's not like, oh man, we failed. Like, what are we gonna do now? No, he's back at it, man. That's what you gotta do.
1: Yeah, and I think those kind of people are are the inspirational folks that that we all need to gravitate yeah. to, or or you know, at least pay attention to, yeah. right? For some of the reasons. And I don't even think you need to go to Elon Musk. I just used him as an example because he's you know, he's popular culture. He's a leader in the world in that space and innovative and all yeah. those things, right? And um, but but I think you would agree with this, right? It's like, if you look in your immediate environment, you don't really have to look forward to find people that are doing amazing, amazing work Mm -hmm. and amazing shit. And I think for me, that's what I try to do is just look in my immediate battle space to be like, all right, who are the people around me that are just doing amazing shit and crushing? Mm -hmm. Those are the people I want to have dinner with. Those are the people I want to pick, pick their brains, have conversations. Mm -hmm. And the, the wider that net is, the more interesting, diverse, and dynamic those perspectives and opinions get. And it, it actually I'm finding it's starting to create like a it's starting to create like an ecosystem that I'm getting like very protective of.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah
1: i don't know if that makes any sense but like because I'm, I'm flashing back like i know what it's like to have a reputation that doesn't allow me in those rooms or to have those conversations right like so you know at the end of this month mary and i are going to go down to texas uh to tasha's thing right down, yeah. down at uh at the yeah. ranch right yeah, yeah like those folks are never going to have any idea that i used to smoke crack and shoot heroin in abandoned buildings for days on end but if i would have said to those people like what i was smoking crack and shooting heroin with like "Yo, and my future self i'm going to be doing these things meeting amazing people learning these things sharing ideas and hopefully adding value to that room um they would say no fucking way hmm. and i would confirm that by telling you this my father um a couple months you know before, before i uh yeah, fired overdosed really critical moment in my life that summer he was like hey can we meet up somewhere? I can't have you come to the house. We got to meet and take a walk. Right. So we go up to this park up by the neighborhood I grew up in, go for a walk. And he's just talking to me. He sees him all fucked up. He's like, Hey, you're going to die in the street or you're going to do something that's going to get you into in prison. He's like, I don't know the specifics of exactly what you're doing, but I know you're involved in some bad shit. Right. So sure enough, the overdose comes. So the other thing. And, you know, maybe six months after I overdosed, right? It was right before I I met Mary, my current wife. He sits down with me. He's like, man, I'm just grateful you're alive, dude. You're my son. You know, I'm just so, so fucking grateful that you're alive. He said it just like that. And he goes, you know, that stretch of time when you came back and you were back around, he's like, I would have bet a sum of money. I would have bet everything on you not making it back. I'm like, I'm getting chills thinking about emotion. My own father's telling me that, right? So back to that belief thing about doing things and expanding and growing. My own biological father said my behavior and my illness had me so fucked up that he was bet against me doing anything with my life. And simultaneously, what's fucking awesome about that, when I finished my fucking uh, master's, you know, get in the car or whatever, he's like, fuck, I would have lost that bet, (laughs) number one. yeah. And number two is the way you're going, I wouldn't bet against you with anything you choose to do. Hmm. That is awesome. My fucking dad, right? Like, dude, that's my fucking pops. And and that's belief, right? He gave me a gift right there saying, hey, I thought this of you at that time because that's how you were presenting and showing the world. (laughs) And that's not who the fuck you are, right? And then he flips it around and just confirms that day. He's like, I can't fucking believe it. I, I just can't believe it. He's like, I wouldn't bet against you for the rest of your life. He's like, if somebody bets against you in a business endeavor, in a counseling thing, whatever you choose to do, he's like, that's a very risky bet for them, whether they know you or not. And, you know, and I don't know if it's going to be true or not, Connor, to your point, there going to be plenty of failures going forward. Mm-hmm. But those were one of those moments in my life that uh, I'm super humbled and grateful for that to happen, man, you know, and uh, that, that supports and, and builds and leads into the diesel day thing. It's like, hey, go meet creative and interesting people that are trying to do hard shit. And I would categorize Brian Chantosh, Tosh as that, right? I would categorize him as that, right? I'm a client of his. I'm not friends with him necessarily. We get along. I like him, right? I think he likes me, right? And I'm still his client. Dude, I don't need to be friends with Tosh. I need the intellectual fucking power, knowledge, and perspectives to challenge me. You know what I mean? And, and I think that's why I value and place him in such high regard. Right. It's mm-hmm. it, it's it's is the value that he's added to me. And then to have my wife this summer go out for the TM uh, Travis Manion Foundation leadership thing and then her do diesel day. Right. And now we're going to go down to Texas with, you know, it's just to get more coaching. Uh, and he's like, oh, by the way, I'm doing this with a, a whole cast of other or men and women that are doing great shit. Right. And so now we're in that room, right? And so coming a long way from fucking smoking coke and shooting dope in a fucking bandominium in Philadelphia to going to some beautiful ranch in Texas and hanging out and learning leadership and personal development and and hopefully, you know, maybe boarding some partnerships. Who yeah. knows, right? Who knows? So um yeah, dude. I don't know, man. I have no idea what the fuck I was talking about there. Yeah, no, that's good
0: though. That's was, that was a good story. <laughs> that's
1: <was> cool. <laughs>
0: so But just yeah, like dude. do you ever just step back and you're like is it just all surreal for you, like where you've come from and where you are now? Like, do you ever just stop? I'm sure this probably happens almost every day. Like, you just like stop and you're like, what?
1: Dude, it's a it's a joke, dude. I live on the water yeah. outside of Long Beach Island in a million dollar house with a smoking hot blonde lady that has <laughs> tattoos. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? If somebody would have told me all I had to do is stop drinking and <laughs> using drugs, Connor, like I'd be yeah. like, that's all I have to do, <laughs> right? I would have been like. Dude, I roll over. I look out my window. I see the fucking water, bro. Yeah, right? Like, yeah, yeah. there's nothing about anything I've done to deserve that, right? Mm-hmm. I've, I've met a lot of the right people and got a lot of help, dude. That's that's it, man. That's it, right? And like taking a lot of risk and, and making the bets, right? It's like, all right, cool. What's the next thing I have to learn and the next skill? And like, who do I have to ask? How do I partner with the right people? Mm-hmm and just go into as many rooms as possible where I'm the outlier or I look like a fool uh, or people don't believe right? right or people don't know right um yeah dude that's that's it man it's it's all surreal every single day is absolutely uh it has been surreal since and it's simply because uh, I think I was a good dude that just didn't know how to be good anymore
0: hmm. that's a good way that's an interesting way
1: to put it and i and okay. I needed a hug man I told you know it's interesting I just needed a hug dude. Like, cause a hug, it mimics, it mimics, it really, at a very, very lesser degree, it it mimics a shot of heroin hmm. as far as the parts of the brain yeah. that activate, mm-hmm. right? It, it feels like a warm hug, right? And uh, it's intense, man, but it's a flooding, right? And, you know, I'm a hugger, man. Fucking been hugging people straight through COVID. Me too. Give a fuck. Me too. Yeah, dude. Cause my clients, right? I never stop seeing people in person, right? And so my clients would be hurting at times, and I'm like, look, I know COVID and this, 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 whatever, whatever. I'm like, you need a hug, right? You good? And they're like, yeah, I'm good. Or they'll be like, yeah, I fucking need a hug, right? Like, yeah. been through some shit, dealing some shit, right? And um, yeah, dude, that's I'm a hugger, dude. I'm always gonna be a hugger. Yeah, it's me.
0: Yeah, me too. It's just so like, much. Dude,
1: you <laughs> fucking feel good, dude. <laughs> yeah, you know. and it, Dude, dude, in Afghanistan, guys, you know, the Afghans would put their hands out to shake hands, and I would, like, wave them off once I got to know them. Yeah, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I'm like, dude, handshakes are for infidels. Get over here. I'm not an infidel, <laughs> right? I just grab and hug them, yeah. dude, whatever, man. Yeah, yeah. And here's the, here's the interesting thing, right? Even with the guys that I knew were Taliban that wanted to cut me and my friends' heads off, right? Mm. I would do the same thing to them and here's the duality of man at the same time i'd be willing to fucking you know do whatever i had to do if i met him in a different circumstance and environment right if if the conditions were different right uh and so that's that's the interesting part of it right that's the really interesting part of it i'm a hugger man they fucking work yeah they work yeah
0: hey man i think that's a good place to wrap it up hugger being a hugger
1: no no it's not dude diesel day two yeah around midnight Oh, okay. i'm falling a, i'm <laughs> falling apart yeah i'm falling apart i want to leave you with this usually yeah, yeah. two, this past past month where i'm falling apart and uh i rolled the die and you're like hey dude you may want to consider some strategy here as far as like, I said this? a little break you did dude <laughs> you're like hey and i was on a high bro i was cruising i was fucking i felt like i was cruising dude yeah You're like hey dude little strategy here you want to knock it down and, and lay down or whatever and uh I did that, came back and made the promise to attack flash forward like 13, 14, 15 hours. I don't know. Towards the end. Yeah. yeah. There, and uh, I realized something from you and Jenny and there's a photo. Maybe I'll post that tomorrow, dude. Huh. It's a fucking cool picture. Okay. You and Jenny. And I, I realized and I reflected on it. And this is exactly what I said in my head. There's two things. One thing is in my head. The one thing is when we came off the mountain in my head afterwards, people aren't going to cheer for you, Vince until you're fucking ready to cheer for yourself no matter what hmm. that's our hour 32 dude yeah it took me it took me to get to hour 30 where tosh had his fun but he coached me through the fucking disaster that happened there right yeah. the key word he used was safety right and then like, you know I, I put a post like dude i was overestimating my fucking skill set and underestimating the task right teachable moment That yeah. stuck that sticks but you you and jenny at them at the end fucking cheering dude i had nothing i had nothing left in the tank People aren't going to be fucking cheering for you, events so until you're willing to cheer for your fucking self, dude. And then the last thing is this, coming off the mountain, you know, hanging out, and have grab breakfast with Tosh yeah. at the airport. Here's what changed from Diesel Day, too, and Diesel Day for my wife and I. Right. Fuck beating the losers. We, collectively and individually, want to start dominating the winners. That's what happened at fucking Diesel Day, Crooked Butterfly Ranch, and the courtesy of Tosh, man. Fuck beating the losers. The goal and intention is to dominate the winners in whatever capacity. I think that's a better way to end, Connor.
0: I like that. I agree. Uh, winner shit. Winner shit. That's what Tajoise uh, says. Uh, winner I, shit. I, I no find doubt. myself starting to say that now. I say it all the time now. Yeah. It's good and it works. Yeah, it
1: it's is. Good. It's good and it works. It's man. just a decision.
0: It's just a decision that you make. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're beating everybody around you. It just means like I'm making these decisions that it's a fucking winning winner decision. Yeah, like losing a loser decision is like not getting up a loser decision is not going to the gym this and that You win by making the right choices
1: Yeah, doing what you say you're gonna do Yeah, dude, I'm grateful that you did what you said you're gonna do man and you had me on today, dude I I actually feel like this is cool, man. I like to connect with you. This is good. Yeah I make a bet with you man. I I will be out. We're always in Colorado at least once a summer whether we come to the ranch or not or whatever dude Yeah I want to do a part two. Right. If I want to fucking interview. I want to interview you, dude. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> brother, thanks so much, man. I, yeah, love- dude. Thanks a lot for love coming. You, this is awesome, man.
0: Thank you.